Well, well, well. We back in the saddle, man. It's us. We back. Hey, Jax. ATG, we back in the building, man. Hey, look, season about to start. You know, training camp's going on. We still got some guys unsigned. Zeke looked like he switched sides on us, but, you know, we're going to see what happens. So I'm still in the pewter and red. It might be a down year, but we're going to still be here through it. That boy got Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but nevertheless, yeah. Let's, let's get, get to it. it. We'll see what we can see going on with this other training camp news. Mm hmm. From the cleats to the couch, podcast in your house. Alex the Greek was born up north, but now he lived in the south. Jay Jax was a running back. He won the bowl game with Tulane. Now they worldwide giving you game. Hold the fame to the wall of shame. They gon' talk about fumbles from the owners to the athletes. They gon' call your numbers. Game time, you gon' lace them up or sit them down. Who won the roster for today? Who nursing injuries at the house? From the cleats to the couch. Hey, hey, did, did, hey, it, what, what, is it me or Travis Kelsey was out there trying to look like uh Terrence Crawford, man? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey, we started training camp, man. Obviously, it's training camp season, so uh, a lot of weird things are gonna happen. Um, obviously, we talked about I just joked about Travis Kelsey. Um, but also the big news, obviously, is Joe Burrow, his guy. You know what I'm saying? That's his guy first. My guy, like, later on down the line. Y'all know I rock 15 and 8 first. But uh, Joe Burrow, it, you know, obviously hurt his uh, calf muscle. And uh, my my thing is he had a sleeve on prior to actually hurting himself or, you know, the injury happening throughout practice. So, like, what are your thoughts on Joe Burrow and, and his injury? Man, you jump right in. Yeah. So, Joey B., Hoping it's small. They did go out immediately the next day and grab like the USFL XFL quarterback. I'm calling it a, a training camp arm, and that's what we got to go with it. Let him rest up four weeks, bring in the training camp arms, make sure he's ready for week one. Mm -hmm. Hope for the best. You don't like to see that. And it's not just been Joe Burrow, but today, lifetime Tim Patrick coming back on, out there in Denver. You mm -hmm. know, I got high hopes for uh, Sean Payton bringing back some confidence to Russ and letting him cook something. He just came back being down last year, first week of camp, I think first day of pads. Mm -hmm. So he tore Achilles. He's down. We had an uh, off-the-field football injury with Hines up in Buffalo. So we're like <laughs> seven days in, and we've already seen like three or four. Jalen Ramsey, first day. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. big names. Yeah. Down quick. Um, I don't know if they're just coming in out of shape. They're not hydrated or what. But, you know, <laughs> to your point with Kelsey, looks like he ain't liking the young guys trying to make a name and get chippy early. Maybe they ain't ready for the – the full go. Stop being sensitive, Trav. Stop being sensitive. That's how mm -hmm. the guys trying to make a name for themselves, man. Um, we I'm curious to see what happens. Um, obviously, it's gonna be some some shaking and moving going on as these rosters get shaped up, and uh, we're gonna see how it goes. Uh obviously, uh got a chance to go out to the Bucks practice um this past weekend, and um I don't know how long you're gonna be rocking that shirt. So hey, so keeping it home, it looks like we got a quarterback battle. Baker and Trask, where it's at. Baker threw two picks today, first day in pads. Trask threw one. Go figure. It's early. It's early. It's early. We got to okay. see if the defense can surprise some people. And to see these point, you know, ruin some people's day, put us in good position. We'll see. We'll see. The best thing we got going for is the same thing as it was last year. NFC South look weak. So hope is alive, at least through the first eight weeks. But yeah. uh, we'll see. 
But well, before we get into the fantasy, because that's really what's heating up right now. Mm-hmm. A couple other things on training camp. Looks like Kyler Murray saying, hey, he went down with injury. He's looking to target week one comeback. You see what's happening with the running backs out there right now and contracts. You got big names like Cook and uh, Zeke still, you know, searching for a home. Leonard Fournette, Super Bowl champion, almost 100 yards in Super Bowl 55, searching mm-hmm. for a home. What are, you, what are you taking on that running back situation? John, I guess I'm, I'm le- saying that leading to JT and Indy. Yeah. He had a little leverage situation with Ursay. All of a sudden, Zach Moss breaks his arm today, and uh, JT says he got back injury. He don't play. <laughs> it's, it's rough for the running backs out there, but yeah. there's never a time of leverage. It's probably right now for him. Is that what this is? What are you, what are you taking on that? Well, a lot of most of the guys don't have leverage. The only guy who has a little bit is JT, like you said, Jonathan Taylor. He has a little bit because of the injuries. They need him in that offense. They got a young quarterback, Gardner Minshew, just kind of bridge guy for him right now. So they're going to need um, a running back and a guy to kind of carry that team um, offensively. They can't do it with the backs they have now. Um, as far as Fournette and Zeke and Dalvin, Dalvin's going to find a home. Zeke will eventually find a place. Fournette. He's probably going to be one of those guys who's just waiting for an injury, something like this going on in Indianapolis. But he doesn't move the needle that much. So for me, uh, of those guys, uh, in order to go uh, Dalvin, Zeke, and, and a long-distance Fournette. So we'll see. Hopefully these guys get paid and find a way to make it happen. But the the costs and the odds are stacked against them right now. I'm with you. Hey, to the more exciting side, let's go right into that fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, so we got – we talked about that's, fantasy yeah. that's his that's his this for those of y'all who don't know this is his thing right here you know what i mean like he loves fantasy football and he loves to try to find those guys especially those deep waiver wire guys um but sleepers is, is a tricky one so i think he's on to something with these sleepers we briefly had a discussion in the past about it so i'm curious to see what he's got for me today what you got yeah, so as we're getting drafts um you know who your first 12 going to be jamar chase going Justin Jefferson's going, Tyreek Hill's going, Cooper Cup, depending on the injury or if how that Stafford situation looks, Adams, a couple of things dependent out there. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at last year's finished results, 20 to 25, and there was three guys that really uh, I'm targeting my drafts. I feel like you can get them good values third round, and they can play number one receiver for you. First, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. He was like 22nd Carolina with Sam Donald, Baker for a week or two. And, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the last one was uh, P.J. Walker. But it, nevertheless, with that quarterback play, he still was able to muster together top 25 wide receiver stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, got him in Chicago now. They traded the first round for him. Justin Fields going to get out on the move. And this guy's elusive off that two, finding a way to get open. I got D.J. Moore breaking top 15 easy. And getting in the third round, that's why I'm calling him a sleeper. He's going to be there. People know who he is, yes. But I think you're looking at first, second round talent in the third, maybe even you know, early fourth. Same situation. I'm stuck in this top 20 to 25. There was three guys stuck out. Mm-hmm. Next one was Jerry Judy. Denver was terrible. You killed me all year last year, right? Mm-hmm. I was eating crow. He's another one, 23 or 24, top 25 stats with terrible play. As Sean Payton said, they couldn't even get the ball off to get the snaps. They can just snap the ball up, pre-snap penalties, that offensive move. Same shot. You still going with this Broncos thing? You still rocking with the Broncos? You only got one way to go, right? There's only one way you can go. So if you was at 22, <laughs> 23, 
in the basement of offensive production. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine you're going to jump yourself into that top 20, maybe again, top 15 with okay. some real offense moving. All right. And the last one, uh, I'm going to go to three then. Let's see what you think on it. But it's kind of obvious. Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year. He had Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco throwing him the ball. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. he gets a huge upgrade to Aaron Rodgers. Again, another guy, 20, 25. I think he was 21 on the nose. Man, he got a little ankle tweaking and getting ready for camp. But I think he's going to be fine. And with that quarterback play, again, top 15 is only moving him six spots. And I'm taking Zach Wilson out and inserting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> move six spots. So that, that's where I'm out in these sleepers right now. So right. you got three guys, like I said, third or fourth round. You can mm-hmm. still get the mother value picks in the first two and then get two guys falling behind that's going to give you top, you know, your one spot production. So I got two guys. Um, the Remember, first I got guy, drafts coming up. We all got drafts. Don't give them everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I I got two. So these guys I probably won't end up drafting anyway. Never had them anyway. So first guy is Hunter Renfro. Um, for me, I think in that system, uh, another year in that system, they they got rid of uh, Darren Waller. So a lot of the middle of the field is going to be open for him to do his thing down the middle of the field. And um, I think that with Devontae Adams taking a lot of the double teams that'll free him up to have a lot more opportunities. And then the second guy is a guy who actually played for the Cowboys but got traded, and that's Amari Cooper. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he fell on that list, but obviously this is coming off the cuff. So I'm assuming he was just outside the top 20. But if I'm not mistaken, he had like nine touchdowns, and I think he still had a 1,000 yards. So I don't know how much of a sleeper it is, but I think that he's one of those guys who can give you value somewhere in those middle rounds if you're not able to secure one of the top top route guys um, early in the draft. No, I, I like that Amari one because he was. He's right around that bubble on 2018, 20. He was right there. And now was Deshaun coming in rusty for the last half of the season. Um, yeah, that, that's a solid one. I like okay. that. Now we got to get to uh, the position that I like the most. Yeah, so fantasy football on the running back sleepers. Mm-hmm. This is your uh, forte here. You want to kick this one? Yeah, like, so running backs are tricky because it's all it's all about volume, man, and the opportunity you're going to have. Um, the, the person who came to my mind first just now was Ramondre Stevenson. But I don't know how much of a sleeper he is because moving Damian Harris out of the way and giving him pretty much carte blanche, I don't know how much of a sleeper he's going to be. Uh, but another person who I think is going to get is uh, get an opportunity is, is Tajay Spears. I know he's a running back, a rookie running back, but obviously comes from my alma mater, Tulane. I don't know what side we want to go here, you know. Um, but third round pick, uh, great, great running back, get like elusive guy. Derrick Henry's been taking a, a boatload of hits over the course of his career, so they might try to spell him a little bit this year. Or either run them into the dirt. So if they don't decide to run them into the dirt, um, I think Tajay Spears will be able to give you that value you're looking for. And um, Buffalo is the, uh, is the other place I was looking at. I don't know if it's going to be James Cook or how they're going to do it, committee, but James Cook is probably the favorite to get the most snaps over there in Buffalo right now. He, he might be the top three catching receiver, more or less, even though he's coming out the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I like the Tennessee one because. As you always like in, in, in favor, running the ball and playing defense is what Tennessee does. Mm-hmm. So they are going to have to balance that out. We saw Hiller take a bump last year. That's a solid one. On the running backs, I'm going to go straight home where I got the pewter glasses on. 
So uh, Carl White last year, we were throwing the ball 50 times a game. We really were. Mm -hmm. It was unbalanced. Everyone knew what it was. It almost got not, – not almost. It did get predictable. You can see it from the stands. You see the TV. You can just tell by the package exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, he got all his production more or less catching the ball, coming out of the backfield. This year, I think with a new offense coordinator, Baker or Trask, trying to make the best of it, he's going to get a lot of volume. And when you look at backfields right now, you got a lot of committees. He's getting volume with not a lot of competition. They brought in Chase Edmonds on the offseason. Mm -hmm. And even with bringing him in, they still got him at three. Gallus already uh, named number two back, Keyshawn Vaughn, third year back, coming in the fourth year. So uh, I think that all tips aside to say, hey, White's going to be our workhorse more or less. And he's going to get third down catches. And he's going to get that first down early work. So just on volume alone, mm -hmm. I, I got to give a little nod to the backyard. Like the other that. one, I'm going the other side of what you were just talking about in Buffalo. It's kind of quiet offseason move there. If they want to get balanced at all, because they were kind of like the Bucks, Everyone knew what they were doing. Damian Harris came in there in the offseason to uh, – kind of split some of that work. And I got to think he's going to take a lot of that goal line snaps. Mm -hmm. So he'll be touchdown dependent. But we saw it with Miles Sanders. We saw it two years ago with James Conner. You got an offense that moves the ball and gets in the red zone, you're going to get red zone touches. So Damian Harris is someone that's going to be like sixth round. We're talking sleepers based off draft position more or less and what they can produce. And uh, I think he could surprise you and get them double-digit touchdowns just because the system he's going to be in, and he That's can run between tackles and get his head down. Yeah, I never thought about that. I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Kind of going home on the other side, expatriate, you know, but <laughs> I definitely got the tabs on him, so that's where we're at with it for sure. Unbelievable. Um, so, uh, obviously, we had a good draft this this uh, last this past uh, few months ago, and now we get a chance to talk about the rookie breakouts. And fantasy. So um, this is always a, a good topic for us to, to get on because no one really knows anything about how they're going to perform. And this is what makes guys whole season that they can find a couple of rookies to, to balance their whole roster. out. So with some of the at least a couple of the guys you're thinking about for rookie breakouts. So this one, I'm going to go back to volume. So I don't know how things are going to go, but you got Mingo drafted second round, follow up with Bryce there in Carolina. Mm -hmm. A whole lot in that wide receiver room. Um, I think he's going to see volume. They're going to try to build an early connection, get the mm -hmm. two young guys on the same page. Seeing eight-plus targets a game doesn't seem far-fetched for me there. When you get that kind of volume, you should see some production. we got to see if he's ready for this uh, next-level speed. But in the second-round pick, I think the expectations are high. Mm -hmm. The other one's not a rookie, but he's kind of a rookie because he didn't get to play last year, and that's Houston. Back to volume. They let Cooks go to y'all in Dallas. Oh, y'all look like really good on paper right now, I will say. But uh, nevertheless, Texas got uh, John Mechie coming back. He didn't get to play last mm -hmm. year at the issue. Mm -hmm. Burner, mm -hmm. another receiver, Alabama crew, right? Mm -hmm. So he's not the rookie, if you will, but I'm going to count his rookie season. I think yeah. he's got high potential to break out for sure. They got Schultz in there out of Dallas. It's something like y'all swap tight end for outside. <laughs> for outside. Yeah. And, and they're going to have the younger try to make up for Cooks on a rookie deal. So those two are going on volume. But I think we can't ignore what's happened up in Minnesota. Thielen's out. Jefferson was the most targeted receiver in the NFL last year. Huge targets. Dalvin Cook's gone. So the balance in the running game, they might switch to a little more one side here. We'll see if Madison can really handle that kind of workload. Oof. But uh, 
everything points at Hawkinson and then Addison both seeing volume increases. And Addison added into the offensive coordinator where he did last year with Jefferson. I think they takes them all to the next level. So that would be the obvious, but my first two would be those sleepers for the breakout for sure. Yeah, my the first obvious one for me was Bijan Robinson. Of course, you know, <laughs> going to Atlanta. Uh I think they're going to try to run the airs out of him. But at the same time, they still have Algier, who was a really solid back last year um, to kind of spell him. So I think that they have a good one-two punch with Cordell Patterson still on the roster. That'd be a good person for Dallas to get. Um, but I think that I love what you said about Jordan Addison. That's one of those, those guys who's going to have an opportunity to do some great things. The guy who I'm thinking about the most who stands out outside of B. John Robinson is uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver. Seattle, so you got DK taking the deep balls, Lockett taking like mid to, so they don't have anybody really running the underneath stuff. So I think he'll get it just off off opportunities. I think they're going to double team DK and try to stop the guys from going deep because they take a lot of shots, and Gino will be able to go underneath and hit Jackson Smith and Jigma underneath. So I think that that should be a guy who's who's has the potential for a breakout season for me. I like it. I'm going to throw one last out that you were talking again to mind. I'm going to butcher his last name. You corrected me earlier when we were talking. But down in Miami, fastback. H-Chain. Oh, mm-hmm. There you go, H-Chain. Mm-hmm. Just, again, going on coordinator, going on system. Um, Mike McDaniels down there. That kind of speed in the backfield, I got to think he's going to find a way to get him involved and get him in open space. You know, again, is he a crowded backfield? He's got, like, you know, Mamazers out there and uh, – Jeff Wilson, Jr. Jeff Wilson. So he's got two backs he had in San Francisco he's familiar with, but mm-hmm. he went ahead and picked this one, and he's got one with some wheels on him. So yeah, I got to think he picked him up for that reason. He's going to look try to get a little gadget, if you will, out of him to uh, surprise some people as he backs him up with uh, Ronald and Tyree. Yeah, those those guys get hurt a lot down there. He got hurt a lot last season, so he's getting somebody who he'll have for a few years cheap. And none of these guys are breaking the bank. So that's why it doesn't make sense to get Dalvin Cook and bring him over because you got a stable of backs. Why would you hurt his progress by bringing Dalvin Cook over and spending whatever the amount of money is, $7 million or whatever it is he's asking for? So that doesn't make sense to me. So I don't even consider Miami a destination unless Dalvin's going to take a hey. little bit, you know, a huge cut. So that's that's why it doesn't make sense to me. So we'll see. No, that's a, that's a solid point. That's a solid point. It makes a whole two whole lot of sense almost. Uh, yeah, same in Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. doesn't. None of the AFC um, East makes sense. He goes to Buffalo. Uh, he has his brother James Cook, and he has Damian Harris. He goes to the Jets. They have uh, Michael Carter and uh, what's the guy? Brees Hall. Yeah. Why, why why would they spend the money when they have good backs already? Um, who's the last team? Um, Patriots. Patriots. It, it's like tough on the backs right now. If we started with that. We're probably gonna finish up with that. But yeah, it's tough on the backs. So we we got we got time, fellas. Let's take our time. Let's figure out a way to get this this money back up because uh, minimum wage is is. That's the sleepers right now. We'll definitely bring more updates. We got our first Hall of Fame game Thursday. Mm-hmm. Get, mm-hmm. get the dust knocked off, kind of like we're doing right now, getting through this audio. But we'll come back and think of our early predictions, NFC, AFC. Mm-hmm. See what else we got there and start working on uh, J-Jack's locks. Ooh, let's get some money this year. You heard me? Hey, bounce back. Yeah. Hey, till next time, we appreciate y'all. Like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. We out.